Check one, two. Okay, looks like we have audio. Looks like we have audio. Check, check, one, two, check, one, check, one. Okay, let's see here. Just a little bit more volume. Good morning, everyone. Um, just a couple of technical difficulties look like we're on now okay tracy says yes we have audio praise god for that i bless the lord today uh from whom um all of our blessings are received from from heavenly our creator um please let me know if you're here if you can hear a nod uh our audio issue should have been resolved by now Want to make sure also that it is um, that the volume is sufficient. Hopefully you can you can hear us, and I'll give you a couple of minutes to respond to me. Um, if you need to text me, I have my phone as well, or you can um, just type it in here in our in our chat chat box. All right. Um, I bless God today for who He is to us and what the Lord is doing exciting times because uh, these are the days that the Lord had promised us um, in the way that he said that he would be with us always even until the ends of the earth everything fulfills the word of God fulfills the scriptures uh, the promises of God the many promises of God and for that today I say thank you all right thank you so much for letting me know that you can hear me now God bless you thank you um Excellent. So let's move forward in our today's message as um, I'm already delayed coming. And then on top of that, we had some technical difficulties. The day that the Lord has made as we rejoice. Amen. And with with uplifted hands, we tell the Lord today, thank you so much for again blessing us and causing us to realize. Uh, thank you so much, Janet, for letting us to realize that um, who we are and who we are to you. Let's have a word of prayer, and then I'm going to invite you to go to the book of Genesis, chapter number 32 in your Bibles. Genesis 32, I need you to get that. Get that on your electronic device. Get it on your traditional Bibles. However you are uh, sharing with me in the word of God today, I need you to get it and go to Genesis chapter 32. Eternal God, I thank you so much for today. My heart is filled with thanksgiving. My life Lord, exemplifies your holiness, your divinity, for you are our God, you are our creator. My salvation is a representation of what uh, you did in giving your son, Jesus Christ, the shedding of his blood for the remission of our sin. It is by his blood that we are redeemed, we're purchased, and it is the purchasing agent, oh Lord our God, today for our very lives. And now we have eternity in you. For God, in this we shall pass from life to death. And Lord, we have our salvations in, in a multiplistic, in a, in, a, in a very in-depth way. God, we are saved now from the penalties of sin. We're saved also from the presence of sin. As we move forward, God, in our lives. And we thank you now for how you have caused us to be the blessed of God. And we ask today that we will receive something in this moment of inspiration, in this moment of delivering up of messages, passing on the good news that, God, someone will be encouraged. God, someone will, will, will gain something today that they did not have, but yet something that they need in the way that it comes from heaven. God, let there be revelation in the ministering in the sharing of information from the word of God. God, let it cause them to ask questions that only you can give answers to. 
And Lord, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do and what you are doing right now. And everyone said amen and amen and amen. You've taken your Bibles now and you've gone to Genesis chapter number 32. And it's from Genesis chapter number 32 that I'm going to start reading in verse number 22. Uh, Genesis 32, and I'm going to read from 32, from 22, 32, reading from verse 22. Turn this down just a little bit, just a little rain there. Okay. All right. Now it says in verse number 22, and I'm reading aloud from the New International Version while you're going to read along with me and you can read along aloud too. From the uh, NIV translation, it says, that night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons. And they crossed the ford of the book brook of Jabbok, his wives, his two female servants, and 11 sons, and Jacob took them across the ford of Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched and he wrestled with the man as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. I'm going to read that verse one more time. After the man asked him his name, his reply was his name, Jacob. Verse 28, then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, now, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. Jacob called the name of the place Peniel saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Amen. Uh, I want to open today's inspirational message by uh, making both a confession and a testimony. Confession is going to be in a sentence, and the testimony is going to be in the message or in the sermon. I want to make a confession and a testimony. My confession is that I, I, um, I have and I am enduring a critical time. God's call on my life is a consistent and it is a persistent See, that requires me to reevaluate and to assess my actions consistently and persistently. 
I am evaluating and I am assessing what I do, what I say, where I go, what comes next. By confession, this is always critical, always have been critical because I ask questions like, who am I? It's critical because it's this kind of assessment and this kind of evaluation that causes me to ask the question, what is God calling me to do next? Now, I want this to be clear when I say this. My primary call, and I'm about to tell you about a primary call and a secondary call. My primary call, hear me clearly, is to be in a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again. My primary call, my primary call, I know that your evaluation or your opinion is that my primary call is to be a preacher. No, my primary call, meaning first, my original, my origin. I know what it is, and it is to be in a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. That is my primary call, and I hope that that's your primary call. Hear me clearly, I understand the difference between my call and my vocation. And my primary call, excluding my vocation, is that I have a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, the scripture tells me that God has called us into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. That's what I learned from Genesis to Revelations. That God has called us into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. And that our primary calling is not tied to our various facets in life, arenas, agendas, endeavors. Our primary call is not attached to any other facet, any other thing that we claim in life is our primary call attached to all of the accolades, all of the hats that I wear, they are not attached to my primary call because my primary call, my primary call is to have a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, God calls or his call to any of us and to all of us is eternal. God's call to all of us and any of us is eternal and his eternal call encompasses and transcends all of our temporal activities. I want you to stay with me. Stay close, please. His call and I've told you and established what my call is, which is a personal relationship with him. It encompasses. Everything is within. And it transcends all of my temporal activities. It is primary because it goes farther than any other thing that I could ever accomplish or attempt to do my day-to-day -day activities, your day-to-day -day activities are called secondary callings, especially 
when you have established what your primary call is. It is then and only then that you can have successfully secondary callings. There are, my secondary callings are like responses to God's speech. What I do, what you see me do, is my response. Somebody type amen. What you see me do is my response to God's speech, my accomplishments, my life successes is my response to God's speech. What you applaud me for, what you even condemn me for sometimes is my response to God's speech. What you see me do, my secondary call, my vocations, my business, the things that you see me accomplish, the things that you are happy about when to know Don, those are my secondary things and they are my secondary calling. They, these things to you causes you to embrace me in a certain way. Let me, let me give you a better example. I am Janet and Jules brother not only by virtue of having the same mother and the same father, but I am their brother as a result of my response, my response to what God says to me. You could hear Jesus as he would address times his mother and his brothers. These were responses to daily activities, the things that are done. And the only time that a secondary call will be significant, the only time that a secondary call, that's your job, people. That's what you do to make money. The only time that it's going to be significant, the only time that it's going to matter is only when your primary call matters the most. When is it going to be really significant that I am my sister's brother? It will only matter when I have made my primary call mean the most. When I am absent of knowing my primary call, I will fail in every area of my secondary callings. Is that clear? When I am unsure about my primary call, I am going to always be challenged when it comes to my secondary callings. The more diligently that I seek out my primary call, the more effectively the Lord can guide me in finding out two important things in my life. Number one, who I am to God. And number two, what God is calling me to do next. I hope you didn't miss me. The only way and the more diligently, should I say, that I seek out my primary call. What is my primary call? Is to have a relationship with God. The more I seek that out, as to know who God is to me and who I am to him and his current edit, what God is calling to be done now, not holding God hostage to some former edit, but to know what God is doing now in this current time, in this current dispensation, what he's doing now the more diligently that I seek that out, the more effectively and the more joyfully can I experience my secondary callings. Meaning the happier that I am in having a relationship with God, the happier that I can be in being a brother. I hope you hear me today. In the text, verse number 25, Part B, 
I want you to hear what is, I'm going to read again what is said in the text. The man touches Jacob's hip. Jacob has sent his wives, his servants, and his belongings. He has set aside everything that is attached to his secondary calling. He has set it aside. I hope you see that in the text. He set it aside, and the scripture says that he is now alone. In his alone time, he encounters a man. And the man now ensues in a wrestling or a tuggling or a struggle with Jacob in his alone time. When everything that is attached to his secondary calling has been set aside, he finds himself in a struggle with a man. And the struggle goes back and forth, not saying who has the upper hand or who is winning. But it does say that after wrestling for some while, after wrestling, after struggling, after having to go through for a while, it says that Jacob is touched in the socket of his hip. And he is touched in such a manner that he is, his hip is now wrenched, twisted. Or it weakens him. Or it causes him not to be totally incapacitated, but it causes him to not be able to perform. It causes him to have the inability now to proceed, to progress, to go forward, to do the next thing. Why? Because he has been touched. Let me use this word. Prod. He has prodded Jacob. Let me talk a while. Prodding is to stimulate. Prodding is to push. Prodding is to prompt. Prodding is to urge. You can be prodded verbally or you can be prodded physically. You can be pushed. You can be prompt. You can be urged. You can be stimulated by both vocal or audible stimuluses or by physical touch. In this case, he is touched in such a manner. He is stimulated. He is urged, pushed, and prompt in such a manner that it weakens him. It takes something out of him that he once had the ability to do. Now he is left at the mercy of what do I do next? Where do I go from here? Because once what I had the ability to do, obviously after this encounter, I can't do it anymore. Are you hearing me today? The reason I'm pointing this verse out is because just as God prodded Jacob, God will prod Don. God will prod April. God will prod Tracy. He will prod Janet. He will prod Cassie. He will prod us. He will touch us. He will stimulate us. He will urge us. He will prompt us. When, if we give attention to our primary calling, set aside everything that is secondary to the primary, we have now put ourselves in a position for God to stimulate us like we have never been stimulated before. I'm preaching. When we set aside everything that really doesn't matter or is unrelated to our eternal existence, it is then that we will discover so much more. I'm going to preach here now. He does his prodding in so many ways. He stimulates us. 
He urges us. He drives us in so many ways. Can you hear me? I need somebody to text a man. I don't know. I'm not seeing anything. Maybe you all are listening just that close. He does this in many ways. Help me, Holy Spirit. There are times when God has used negative feelings to stimulate Don. It is times when he have used negative feelings to urge me, to move me into action, like discontentment and confusion. Confusion can be a prodding. Confusion can be a prodding. It can be an urging from God. Since we know that he is not the author of confusion, when I am confused, God can use such confusion to draw me closer to my primary, oh my God, calling. Yes. Things that sometimes causes us to be uncomfortable is God prodding us. We're giving so much attention to our uncomfortability. We're giving so much attention to our being confused and uncertain and unclear about what to do next. I want you to hear me now. God can use not only the uncomfortable things, but he can also use the positive emotions. He can use things like energy and enthusiasm, our excitement to do the next thing. We're so excited and we're beyond the capability of maintaining a sense of calm because we're so excited so enthused God can use this to prod us Jacob like myself maybe I just preach it like this Jacob like myself and maybe some of you we won't admit it and we don't admit it oh but I'm gonna tell it and you don't have to agree with me Jacob like some of us like myself at times and like you at times we don't admit it we won't admit it and we're not going to let it touch us we're not going to agree with it but that's all right i'm going to speak it because it's a truth and a truth doesn't need your consensus it doesn't need your amen it doesn't need it but jacob is like a lot of us you're not always happy with who you are amen you are not always happy with who you are. Oh, yeah, you'll declare, you'll decree your happiness. I'm good. I'm all right. I don't need this. I don't need that. But let's be just truthful. You don't have to be honest, but the truth is this. You're not happy with who you are. And we personify this in many of ways. And I've noticed it. And wisdom teaches me that we personify our disagreement with ourselves but even though it personifies itself in one way the outcome remains the same how do you know that i'm not happy with myself it's because you st we start we 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 start looking for answers in all the wrong places not happy with ourselves we look for answers in all of the wrong places we expect others amen and if you're well i'm not doing it yeah you're right i did but you know now i don't oh but that's that wasn't the argument the argument is at one time or another you and i have become unhappy with ourselves even if you did it in the past you may not have escaped the capture the redirection the recalculation that caused you to never get back on the right path. Uh-huh. So when you started being displeased with who you were and, 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 and who you are to yourself, you are already headed in a wrong path seeking the consult of others, all of the wrong places. You expect others. You rely on other things, things in general, to make your life better, to make you happy to feel good, to make it through the day. You need something to help you wake up. You need something to help you go to sleep. You need to call someone to help you make it through your day simply because you're not happy with yourself. You need, you're not finding it as you would as Jacob is now in his alone. He disattaches himself from everything that would be considered other people or other things and deal 
with his alone. Who was Jacob? I'll tell you who Jacob was. In his natural existence, Jacob is Esau's twin brother. You know this. He is a twin. He is Esau's twin brother. He is Rebekah and Isaac's son who was born to Abraham and Sarah, who is Jacob. Jacob is one who was not friends with his twin brother, even from youth. In the book of Genesis, you would discover that it is said that they would fight even in the womb. He didn't get along with his twin brother. Jacob seemed to always have wanted to be someone else. Jacob is Abraham, the father of our faith's grandson. He is Abraham's grandson, Isaac's son. He is the one that was not friends with the one that he shared the womb with. In the book of Genesis, you would discover that Jacob wanted to be someone else because he wasn't happy with who he is. He wanted at one time to be his brother Esau. How do you know? Because he stole his brother Esau's birthright. He pretended to be his brother Esau just to get what his brother had coming to him. Jacob couldn't wait for his own issue. He stepped in front. He stepped out front to get what belonged to someone else. He wanted to be considered better. He wanted to have the privileges of others. So that means that Jacob denied who he really is. He denied his future calling just to become someone else. He thought the only way to the top was to become someone else. He felt like the only way to feel blessed of God was to depend on what someone else had. So that means he, he denied who he really is. He denies his own future calling. He, he releases himself from what is in eternity to only attach himself to something that is temporal. This is what Jacob failed to realize. Hear me now, and I'm almost finished. What did he fail to realize? He failed to realize that he has a blessing from God even before he was born. What Jacob failed to realize is that before he was even consumed, he was even consumed in his mother's womb, that he had already a blessing that had come down through eternity. I feel like preaching. What he failed to realize that before he arrived here, everything that God had for him was already in place. It was already there. What he failed to realize is that he had not the need or the necessity to depend upon what others were going to do for him. You hear me clearly? Look at Genesis 25 and verse number 23. I think I want to read that one to you. The Lord said to her, this is what he said to Jacob's mother. He said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two nations. He didn't call them babies. He called them nations. God called Jacob a nation before he was born. He didn't call him a child. He didn't call him a baby. He didn't call him a fetus. He called him a nation. He said to Sarah, he says now, Rebecca, he says to him now, he says, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples from within you will be separated. Two people inside you will be separated. Two nations, two people. They're going to come forward. They're going to be separated. Listen to what God says about Jacob to, to Jacob's mother. Something that had already been predestined, something that had already been predetermined. One of the people will be stronger than the other and the older will serve the younger. The older will serve the younger. Now, let me make sure that I'm putting this all in perspective. God said that Esau was going to serve Jacob. So if this was already spoken over his life, what need had Jacob to try and steal his brother's birthright? When God had already said the 
older will serve the younger. What need did he have to deny what God had in eternity to try to grasp by means of deceit, deception, and other ill means to try to take something that God had given him? He wanted to put what was secondary in the place of what was primary. God had predetermined that when you get here, son, though you're going to be born last, I'm going to make you first. Though you're going to be the younger, you're going to be served by the elder. Do you know that before you were born, God had already predetermined a blessing for you? Do you realize and I want to go back to what I said when I said in the beginning that I wanted to make a confession. I need you to hear my testimony because it's great. I know that before that I got here, God had already predetermined a blessing that was for me. I, he had already predetermined everything that was going to be set in my secondary because I was going to be so encompassed, so involved in my primary. He knew that I was going to be so given to him in having a relationship with him, with his son, Jesus Christ, through faith, that everything was going to be put in place in my secondary. Y'all not hearing me. Jacob wanted his brother's blessing, not knowing that his blessing was greater than what his older brother had. He was seeking out the lesser when God had already predetermined the greater. I don't think anybody hears me. It's called, listen, I'm, I'm finished now. God, had a, God has a blessing. He has a blessing in your secondary that is attached to your primary. And this is where we get this term of what, what I mean when I sing that, that God has a blessing with your name on it. And it's called legacy. Are y'all hearing me? It's called legacy. I need you to just say that with me. L-E-G-A-C-Y. Now we call this legacy. And what we think that we're doing when we see legacy is that this is something that I'm going to leave behind. Much like what I talked with Cassie about earlier this week, a message. Leave a message. Leave a message. Leave a legacy. Leave something that can be grab that can be that can be obtained or attained and that can take the next generation or take the one that's coming after you and take them on but in leaving a legacy until I have left in the hearts and the minds of all of those that I love that my primary calling comes first then I'm leaving absolutely nothing y'all not hearing me Yes, you're not doing you're not doing any justice until you show them that they can have their heart's desire if they delight themselves in the Lord. You're not hearing me. There was a sermon that I preached some years ago that it is what I keep on my heart that's keeping me alive. I want to share in testimony now. Do you know that I am lengthening my days? Not only am I lengthening my days, but I am lengthening my days less pain, less anguish, less the hurting, and less the heartaches. How? It's because if I follow the text, if I follow what God has given me, then he says, if I delight myself in him, he will give me the desires of my heart. My sermon was, it's what I keep in my heart that's keeping me alive because I can't depart until God fulfills what I have in my heart. Oh, y'all not hearing me. I keep some stuff on my heart. I keep things on my heart so that things can be fulfilled. Do you remember Anus who said that I'm not going to die until I see the Savior born? Imagine if he had said, I'm not going to die until I see the Savior's second coming. That means that he would still have been here today because if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. I don't only want to live out my days, but I want to live out my days with joy. 
I want to live out my days with the fullness of God's joy. Even if I ain't happy, God, I can shout about some joy. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. When I think of legacy, I think about the power of a name. I'm, I'm finished now, but I'm, I'm going to close this one with the dynamics of my testimony. This is my testimony now. I'm carrying out something that can't be stopped. I'm carrying out something that was predetermined, predestined, something that was set in motion before I even arrived. I'm moved now by the things that are set up in my day-to-day -day life that seems to draw me in. I want to slow it down so you can hear me carefully. I'm drawn into the things that are set each day that I wake up that God inspires me with that God seems to set inside and say, hey, Don, here's a good idea. Now, that's what I call it. But what he's doing is, is he is depositing something inside of me that he intends to fulfill. Preach, Don. It's more than just a good idea. It is inspired by God because God intends to bring it to pass. So you thought it was a good idea, but God put it inside of you so that he could reveal himself and show himself strong. Preach Don Hurth. I don't have to come up with good ideas when I have God to inspire me. A lot of people like to take Jacob out. They like to talk about him. They like to talk about him like a dog. Uh, and you can have your own opinion about Jacob the same as you can about whomever else that you choose in the Bible to have your opinion about. But all I see is men and women of God who came to the realization that their primary, their relationship with God superseded, trumped, it overrode everything else in their life. Even though that they made some bad decisions they, they, they had some rough days. They made some wrong turns. That has nothing to do with that because God can use your mistake to glorify himself. God can use the things that you did in your past that, weren't, that you want to forget about. God can use that to catapult you into your future. I'm preaching now. When I think about legacy, what I'm doing now is I'm taking everything that was moved down through Jesus Christ, the son of God, made its way down through the state of Virginia through a person that was my ancestor by the name of Neville from Virginia, moved Neville to the state of Tennessee. And from Tennessee, it was moved down to Limestone or Lawrence County. I'm just trying to give you a little of mine. And, and he, he pulled two together until he pulled a Harriet and a Luella together. And when he pulled them together, all of the spirits of the power of God was being transferred down through, y'all not hearing me, transferred down through until it got to Don. So when I think of a legacy, I think of the power that is now in my name. Let me see what I said here. It says in the book, let me see if I can get the text that the man who wrestled with Jacob asked Jacob something that he already knew. My God, hold me today, Holy Spirit. He asked Jacob something that he already knew. He asked Jacob something that he already knew, but he needed Jacob to become aware of. You need to know, Jacob, that I'm about to do something and before I can do it, I need you to acknowledge. I need you to say it with your mouth. Say your name. Mm -hmm. So he asked him, what is your name? And Jacob said back to him, my name is Jacob. God needs you to declare over yourself who you are to him. I know that my mother and my dad came up with Don but I've got to leave something in my secondary that causes you to be attached to my primary. I'm preaching this and I feel this. I need from Latasha and LaShawn to Donna and to Kimberly and Kimberly to Anna and from Anna to Vanessa and from Vanessa to Farrah and from Farrah 
to Roz and from Roz to Kenyon and from Kenyon to DJ to DJ to Alina and to all of my children, I need them to see something in my secondary that causes them to not lose focus on what their father's primary was. That is, my name is Don. Where did I get it from? When I walked in 119 Second Avenue, I felt the spirit of one Tom Tucker who fished the Tennessee River. And while he fished the Tennessee River to feed 17 children and support a wife and his children, I felt the spirit of him catching fish to go down 2nd Avenue to sell the fish to feed his family. I felt as though that that man one day walked into that building now that I have a business in and it is there that he walked in to sell somebody some fish. So I said, now it's my time to set my legacy from the spirit, hallelujah, of one Neville who was a, a Union soldier, an E-4, that's a corporal that, that fought in the Union army. I feel the strength. I feel the move of God coming down through the generations that I can give the testimony that just like there is power in the name of McDonald's, that's the last name, that there is power in the name of Don, just like Arakambi and Fish, that's last names, Armani is a last name, Baskin and Robin, that's a last name, Chrysler is a last name, Fisher Price is a last name, Gucci is a last name, Hennessy is a last name, Harley Davidson, that's a last name, Hilton, a last name. Honda, a last name. Coles, Brianna, you work at Coles. That's a last name. Kraft Foods, that's a last name. Marriott, that's a last name. Nordstrom, that's a last name. Pillsbury is a last name. Porsche, a last name. Procter and Gamble, two last names. Rolls and Royce, two last names. Charles Rose and Henry Royce. Turner Broadcast. Ted Turner, Atlanta, Georgia. Versace, that's a last name. Wells Fargo, two last names. Henry Wells and William Fargo, those are last names. Now here we are, we think that we're buying product when we go out and buy a Versace, when we go out and buy a Louboutin. We think that we're buying a product. You're not buying a product, you're getting a last name. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? You're buying a last name every time you go in a grocery store every time you go in a department store you're buying a last name y'all not hearing me we're buying names you ask me what's in a name I tell you what's in a name you're not wearing a product you're wearing a name you say look at this product I say no that's not a product that's a name that's what somebody decreed over themselves and say that I'm going to pass it down I'm going to make a legacy y'all not hearing what I'm saying now look at this family while we're making families rich you're going down to Wells Fargo Henry and Williams Fargo's bank borrowing $200,000 to go over to Rolls Royce to buy a $200,000 car and you made that family rich just to go back in your community and go by the Jones's house so they can see you ride in the $200,000 car that you have to pay now the interest rate on to the money that you carry to Rolls Royce so you could ride by the Jones's house to see that you got a new car and you don't have nothing. I know I'm preaching today. While we making every other family rich, we are now refusing to declare and claim the inheritance that God have put in our own name you ought to get up and decree and declare the legacy that God have put over your own name here you are with grandma's recipe you got uncle Elmer's recipe what you're gonna do you're gonna die with it why don't you take the spirit of what God gifted you with I would that Jacob were here Jacob would tell you while I was trying to have what everybody else had I already had more than what everybody else could ever have before I even arrived y'all not hearing me this text screams to me today that blessings are attached to our name all you gotta do is just get up and speak over yourself and say speak to me Lord and I won't make a move 
move until I hear from you. While y'all think that Don is on his way, I'm trying to get a message across. I could care less about opening a store. I could care less about having another retail. I could care less about having another business. But oh, let me tell you what makes me get excited when I think about uh, what God have already spoken over my life. There is nothing that I have seen. There is nothing that ear has heard. And you know that whatever the Lord sets for Don to do, uh, that no man can stop it. Y'all don't hear me. I've had hell and I've had high waters. I've had accusation and I've had the mean times to come against Don, but nothing has had the power to stop what Don had in place. I didn't want to go here, but I've got to yell, scream, proclaim. I've got to declare in a very clear voice that there is power in a name. There is power that is in a name. Now, am I talking about just Don? Am I talking about just Don? Am I talking about just Hearth? Am I talking about just Tucker? Am I talking about just Patterson? I hope you're not missing the, me the message here. What I'm trying to hear you, I'm glad you hear me, Samuel. You see, oftentimes you tell me, let me talk about me and Samuel's conversation. Sam and I, y'all see his name. He's the oldest living Tucker and Hearth now. He is the old two sisters married, two brothers. I'm talking about what God did. Two sisters married, two brothers. And now Sam has been gone from the state of Alabama since he was a young kid and he moved north. And Sam and I didn't grow up together, but we stayed close. And he knew the importance of being double first cousin. So he always called me his brother. Uh -huh. and, and, and now that time has passed, and the, and, and the disparity between our age, 60 and 89, that's a lot of years, people. That's almost 30-some years apart. But look at what happened. God took COVID, which was a very uh, despicable disease that took a lot of lives. But he took COVID. I'm going to break it down. He took COVID to get us out of a church house, to get online for Sam to be able to come and get the message every Sunday. Now, here we are together in worship to get the message. Now, if it had not been for COVID, then I probably wouldn't be streaming like I am now. So what he did is he took a very uncomfortable situation to pull together what he wanted to be passed down in a predetermined time. So now here Sam and I are closer than ever before discussing some very necessary things about the hearths and about the tuckers that have never been discussed before because it becomes our responsibility to tell his his daughter debbie and for me to tell my son kenyon ross dj and 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 joel i think i left him out earlier joel to tell them and now i have a conversation with joel and when i talk to him i'm finding lesser and lesser importance in my secondary because now my primary is taking over maybe i'm just talking gibberish to a whole lot of people but i know what's working inside of me right now you see y'all too busy trying to hold on to a tradition that ain't giving nothing but death all you're doing is following one generation after another to the graveyard. You're taking everything that God bless you with that you never really did anything with and then you're just taking it to the graveyard. You're leaving no legacy. You're leaving nothing behind but a lot of heartaches and a lot of debt. You're taking your children's social security number, going and getting cell phones and furniture and everything else, and they're trying to figure out now how are they going to put back together. So now you put them in a rut when you came in a rut yourself. I'm talking today. I'm preaching today. We're leaving nothing, absolutely nothing behind. We're leaving nothing behind. They're not seeing you on days that you don't feel well that you say that God is my strength and God is my redeemer stop getting up every morning giving the devil praise talking about how bad you feel and how much you hurt and how sore you are and you give God another praise and say this day God got done up 
God has given me another day. God will get me through this day. I'm going to leave a legacy that causes my children to try to figure out why is it that my daddy worked like he was broke when God had given him everything. That's because if God give me breath, I've got another day to determine my secondary based on my primary. I'm preaching in this place today. I told my wife last night that they hijacked Uncle Nearest while he made a liquor back in the day of Lynchburg, Tennessee. I wish I had a bottle of brandy from Uncle Nearest to show you that in 1918 and 20, that man made a liquor that Jack Daniel hijacked put his name on it for 150 years and then finally when somebody dealt with their primary they came back shown that it was stolen you need to read your history sometime everything that some of our forefathers worked for we are still permitting a nation to rob us of hijack us and take it from us now I know you don't hear all I'm saying I'm just going to make you go look up some names go look up the name Bass Reeves the first black man that was a deputy U.S. marshal and see that God is bringing some stuff down generation to generation if you don't believe what I'm preaching right now then you go ahead and you look up Jacob and you look up Esau and you will see and discover that the nations that are now fighting are still the nations that were fighting from Jacob and Esau. Their generations are still fighting. And you know why they're still fighting? It's because some of Jacob's descendants have not discovered what happened to their forefather. His name was changed. The angel said, no longer will you be called Jacob but you're going to be called Israel. His 11 sons, a nation. No longer are you going to be called Jacob, but you're now called Israel. And here it is, the descendants of Jacob and Esau still fighting when if only one of them, one of the nations, will come to the realization and discover that the battle is over. It was done that day that our forefather fought with the angel. Then Jacob turned and he said to him, now this is what gets me, is there are some days that I want to ask God, just like Jacob did, and that would be a whole nother sermon. He said, what is your name? <laughs> he says, what is your name? And the angel never said. Jacob says, I'm going to change this name the name of this place to Peniel. Peniel means seeing God face to face. Now I know the scripture says that no man has seen God's face. That's why you hear in the text it says that he fought with an angel. Hmm. That's wholly another sermon. But if Gloria is on here, if Gloria Tucker is on here, she'll tell you that her pastor told you who the greatest angel is one day. She'll tell you who the greatest angel is. You call and ask her, who did he say the greatest angel is? And she didn't like that because she wanted her own angels. But I had to tell her who the greatest angel is. And he says, I'm going to call this place Peniel because I have seen God face to face. He didn't say I saw an angel. He said I saw God face to face. And I'm calling this place Peniel. I'm going to leave you scratching your head. I'm going to leave you asking some questions. But I hope you come back. I'm going to be back. What's to be determined next? Let me tell y'all what my greatest challenge is now. It's to fight this tradition that ain't causing anything but death. That's all. It's just causing people death. It's just causing us death. We're getting out of here with nothing. No primary. No secondary. Nothing. Don't you ever think that Don is worried about making another dollar? Sometimes I feel like I've made enough dollars for everybody. Don't you think that what I do next is to make another dollar? I'm getting up every day, each day, seeking out in my primary 
something that's going to be passed along in my secondary so that it will point back. Back. I hope y'all are hearing me here today. Now, Samuel, this is what I need you to do. I want you to stop worrying about how many days do I have left. What I need you to do is keep something on your heart, son. Brother, keep something on your heart. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. And remember this. It ain't so that you can live longer. It's so that God can reveal himself stronger. Remember I tell you. I hurt. I pain. I ache. But I use all of that negative stuff. And I let it move to the glory of God. Remember that our primary encompasses and transcends everything that is in our secondary. Don't get so lost in your job that you forget your primary. Don't get so lost in being a mama and a daddy and a sister and a brother that you forget about your primary. Don't get so lost in being a husband and a wife, an uncle and an uncle that you forget about your primary. I'm talking to somebody right now. We've had church after church after church. I want y'all to get something. They used to argue back in the day in church over who was going, who was going to wash the communion linen. All I wanted to do when I was a little kid while I watched them argue over who was going to wash the linen was can I eat the bread? I just want the bread, y'all. I just want the bread that's left over from communion. And they sitting up there arguing over, and then two of the mothers will get together, and they say, well, she ain't going to ever wash it anyway. She always ain't. And we still today in 2023, 50, 60 years later, we can't even get it together with taking assignments in the church without arguing and falling out. I feel like a lot of that stuff is just leading to a graveyard. People can't even be happy coming in here. It's because they're too excited about the purse that they got on their arm and the shoes they got on their feet that made somebody else rich. Y'all gonna feel where I'm coming from before I leave today. I got a problem with that. I got a truck that I don't like. My wife will tell you, I don't like trucks. I got a truck that I don't like with a name on it that I didn't know anything about until I got up in it. And when I sat up in it, I said, get it. And then the man told me, you're going to take a truck like this and take it out on the red dirt of a farm that you just bought? What I'm trying to tell you is a lot of the stuff that I do in my secondary I don't even understand it. Why? It's because it's not my primary. I ask myself sometime when I go in there, I'm like, I'm like, why are you down here, man? Why are you down here? Why don't you go somewhere and just sit down and relax? No, because God needs you here so that somebody can get in touch with your primary, Don. Okay, I'm finished because I think from here I would just be, I would just be, y'all respond to me. Say something in here. Ain't nobody saying nothing but Samuel. I guess everybody else is gone. Everybody's listening. Jacob. <laughs> what is your name? He answered, my name is Jacob. And he struggled. In his alone, he struggled. Putting everything else aside. I need some folk to struggle when they get off this broadcast today. I need you to struggle. I'm leaving, and I need you to get in this struggle. I need you to get in it. I need you to ask these simple questions. That message that Don preached today, Lord, how does that apply to my life? What do I need to do? What are you saying to me? Ask God this question. S speak to me, Lord. Not in a statement, but in a question. Speak to me, Lord. Ask him. Speak to me. Tell me. Tell me, Lord. I want y'all to do that today.
I really want you to do that. I love y'all. I look forward to seeing y'all next week. God bless you as always, my prayer. Lord, to you be the glory. And in all things, I say peace be unto you and peace be with you all.